Children have confidence that their own marriage will endure because their parents' marriages have endured. Children remain devoted to the Lord for a lifetime. What's the most determining factor? The regular worship of a husband and wife who love the Lord in the home. So glad you joined us for today's Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chapel. In today's episode, Pastor Brian continues his message about parenting from Ephesians 6. In the year 2020, when the congregation was not able to convene corporately for worship, Dr. Chapel was joined by his wife Kathy as they spoke on a series of topics about marriage and parenting. You can find this lesson and many others when you visit unlimitedgrace.com. And while you're there, look for Pastor Brian's new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? With a balanced biblical explanation about the book of Revelation and Christ's return, Pastor Brian will help you understand the hope that unites all Christians. Let's hear now from Dr. Brian Chappell, who's joined by his wife Kathy, as they share the second half of the lesson, Gospel Parenting. Before we ever got to talking about parenting, what did the apostle talk about? He talked about a loving relationship with God the Father. Now, for the engineers out here, <laughs> just some statistics, right? What's happening in the book of Ephesians? Before you ever get to talking about parenting, there are about a hundred verses on understanding the love of God the Father. Think about that. It's understanding the love of God the Father before you actually get one verse on what it means to love your children. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Before there's any instruction, one verse to parents, there are a hundred of what it means to love the Lord. And, and then, of course, before you get to that one verse on parenting, you, you get 12 verses on what it means to be a husband and wife in the Lord. I mean, the, the proportions should be saying something about importance that, that the first thing that we're being called to is a loving relationship with the Lord. Yes, with the body of Christ. But even more, that personal relationship with God the Father, that's how the book of Ephesians began. I say it when we begin these worship service, services. We, we remember that we are saying grace and peace to you through God the Father. The very first thing that the apostle wants us to know is the love of God the Father who would give his own son for us, who loves us unconditionally, who forgives us, who takes us back. And it's understanding who that father is that's, that's giving fathers security that they need for what we all know. Why do I need to know above all things and live with a love for the Father. Because every father, every mother needs the model of a godly parent that we may personally lack. There are hard stories in this church of people whose parents were nothing that they should have been. And for that reason, there are sometimes cautions. Oh, don't talk about God the Father because people who've had bad father experiences won't be able to identify. We should be thinking the reverse. What is God saying? For all the human parents with all their failings and with all their mistakes, there is still a godly model above it all. And it is 
God the Father who has given grace and peace to those who are sinful and broken. And it's, it's that model that we need. Here's the reality. I mean, every single one of us knows that despite, despite the vows that we made not to repeat the mistakes of our parents, we become our parents. I mean, it's not just the insurance company that makes the commercial saying, you're going to be your parent. <laughs> you know, you're you're going to buy a sweater vest. Someday you will. And, and wear mom jeans. What are we going to do without J.C. Penney's? I mean... I, here's what we know we will vow not to whine like our parents we will vow not to rage like our parents we will vow not to have those words come out of our mouths that came out of our and we inevitably in fatigue in weakness in anger find ourselves living like our parents and what God is promising is this we have another model And we have a better model, and that model is a heavenly father who loves us unconditionally and will never leave us or forsake us. And that model is more powerful than biology or background. It is what his word itself says. Remember, yes, there are consequences. The iniquities of the fathers visited upon the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate the Lord. Yes, there are consequences. But the gospel breaks that pattern. It continues to say, but God will show mercy, his covenant blessing for a thousand generations of those who love him. It's it's the gospel cutting in to the bad family patterns and God saying, I will break that pattern. I am your father. And for that reason, we fathers, when we fail, have such a model that we need. We need to remember that model because we need the father's security. And Kathy, I'm going to break our notes here because, I know, because I've gone too long. (laughs) And it's not just that fathers need the security of a father in heaven so that we don't over-discipline our children. We do. We know how we will. Moms need models too. Because and they need we tend to under-discipline moms out of our own insecurities. The fear of our children's rejection and sadness may keep us from correcting their misbehavior and the bad choices that will have long-term consequences. Child guidance and correction gets delayed or ignored because we fear the loss of that child's love. So I try to remind young moms out of my own experience, out of my own bumps and mistakes and failures, I must love my child more than I love his good mood. I must love my child more than I want to see him smile at me. And being, in, being secure in the love of Jesus makes me strong enough to do that tough love that is called for. Moms need the tough love that comes from a secure relationship with a heavenly father. Even if my child rejects me, my father God holds me, and so I can do what is right for my child. Now, Dad, sometimes we're on the other side of that because we are not feeling the security of our heavenly father we over-discipline in our insecurity. I said we would use the times for some real talk here, and here's what's real. We know right now all the mental health experts, 
all the agencies that are dealing with issues of abuse, and I will tell you, pastoral counsel knows this as well. As we are experiencing intense job loss and fear and anxiety in this community, those parents who feel insecure and embarrassed and angry at their losses often take it out on those who are closest to them. And for that reason, it is more important than ever that we embrace the love of a heavenly Father. I am secure in Him who will never leave me or forsake me. He is working all things, even this, together for good. And for that reason, I am not going to take it out on my kids. It is our insecurities. Can God fix this? Can God make this right? That sometimes makes us more harsh on those near and dear to us than we ever intended. I've mentioned to this congregation before when I became a professor at Covenant Seminary and in that very professorial sermon, the inaugural sermon that I gave to the student body and the professors, afterwards one of our young children came running down the center aisle to greet me after my message and running down that aisle he ran right into the president of the seminary and knocked him over. And I got so mad. He was just a kid. But he had embarrassed me. And my rage, though I didn't show it just then, was because of my insecurity. I was looking bad before others. Instead of recognizing the God of all eternity had embraced me. He does. We don't just discipline out of our pain. We don't just discipline so that we will feel better, that we'll have control over somebody. And the great temptation in this pandemic time is to forget the security of the one who will never leave us or forsake us and develop our security and the control we have over little people or our own spouse. I'm going to ask the dads, the spouses in this church right now if you're struggling with that, to, to use this moment even in a sermon to say this, I, I will resolve afresh. I will not take this out on my spouse. I will not take this out on my kids. And if I have, I will ask God's forgiveness and I will ask my family's forgiveness and I will settle again into the security of God and ask him to take care of my family even as he holds me. I'm going to pray that right now, Kat. Father, I, I pray for these husbands and wives really struggling just right now. Would you um, take their hearts to you and them knowing that they are secure in you, make them faithful for their families in love again, in Jesus' name. You're listening to Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chapel. Our world is shaking with news of wars, economic uncertainty, natural disasters, social unrest, and personal tragedies. Now many Christians are wondering, are these the end times? No one seems to be able to handle a world seemingly spinning out of control. Are these the end times? Or is there to be no end to the madness of war 
and the sadness of a broken creation. The Bible answers with the certainties and comfort of God's Word. Pastor Brian will help you understand our times in his new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? This careful look at the major views of end times prophecies and the book of Revelation is written to comfort our hearts and strengthen our faith. Jesus promised us peace of heart in a troubled world, and you can understand and anticipate that peace through the assurances of God's Word in Pastor Brian's new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? You can request your copy of Are We Living in the Last Days when you go online to unlimitedgrace.com or by calling 844-41-GRACE. That's 844-414-7223. And now, more from Brian Chappell on today's Unlimited Grace. We need to get ready for the second building block. The first building block, as you might already see, we said that was going to build Christian families was a love for the Lord. Nothing is more important than that. That is the foundation above everything else. That is the thing that most must be built for us to raise children in the Lord. But there's no question that the second thing I've already mentioned that the Lord has said is most important for building our families is a foundational love for our spouses. And the reason that there's a chapter preceding these four verses on parenting that deals with love for our spouse is that's just absolutely foundational. Parenting is meant to be a team sport. Now, can the Lord be gracious to singleness? Of course. The Apostle Paul was single. He understands singleness and he understands that the grace of God is sufficient for every trial of life. But the pattern that is being described in the scriptures is a husband and a wife who love children and love each other, and for that reason, they are establishing that pattern for the future. The scripture, chapter 5, verse 31, is, Husbands, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So there's instruction here for both because both are needed. There's an old playground game that we used to play in my grade school days called Red Rover. Uh, the group is divided into two teams, and there are team one is here in a line, and team two is here in a line. They're parallel lines facing one another across the playground. The leader of team one calls out to team two. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Johnny right over. So Johnny musters up all his strength and courage and goes blasting across the playground, aiming for the holding hands of what he deems to be the weakest two links. Across that whole line of team members holding hands, he picks out what he thinks is the weakest link and blasts right into it. Now, If Johnny is able to burst that link, then he grabs one of those that he has defeated and takes him back to his team, and the game goes on. But if Johnny is not able to burst through these tightly held hands, 
then Johnny becomes a member of that team. And the game goes on. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> the, the simple message is, the most important and influential gift that any parent can give a child is a secure relationship with a spouse. And uh, we can talk about lots of parental manual things, but the most important relationship is a love relationship with the Lord, and the second most important is the example of a mom and dad who love each other. We know the truth. Everybody does now. Almost half of all marriages in this country will be undone, and the tensions prior to that, as well as the tensions and the stresses after the dissolution of a marriage are devastating to children, to their security, to their long-term happiness. You know, every study agrees with that. They just disagree with the degree of damage that's done to children when marriages are undone. And the Bible is not failing to deal with how hard marriage can be. Every marriage has its rough patches, every single one. And we know the standard things that hurt us. But at the same time, the reason that we forgive and we have other people to help us and we return over and over to God for forgiveness and help is we understand this. Children learn how to deal with the opposite gender for life by the way in which moms and dads treat one another. Children learn how to face life with deep security because of the security of their own families. Children have confidence that their own marriage will endure because their parents' marriages have endured. Children remain devoted to the Lord for a lifetime. What's the most determining factor? The regular worship of a a husband and wife who love the Lord in the home. The message, treasure your marriage. Treasure your spouse in In God's way, that's why all that instruction came in preceding verses of this epistle about husbands and wives loving one another. You need each other. And particularly in this time of stress, you will need each other. And it may be a time to say again, not only will I not take out things on those closest to me, God, help me to love again as I should. Help me to draw near again as you mean. I I need something more than my own pain right now. Please help me find my relief for my pain in the spouse that you intended. Love one another. Respect one another. Deal with conflict. It will come with with honor and respect and integrity, gentleness. We, We don't fail to deal with issues. We're sinners. We will have issues. But we deal with one another as those that God made precious to himself and so precious to one another. A little final caution here is that when we're struggling with a spouse, we don't substitute child attention for spousal intimacy. Your child is not designed to be a substitute for your spouse as a confidant, as a play partner, as a counselor. As in any church, I will just tell you, we we see some of the heartache that happens when couples begin to turn to their children, that is one party that turns to their child as their confidant rather than the spouse that God intended to heal and help one another. And some of the saddest marriage situations we have known are where 
friends who are tired of trying again and again to work things out with a spouse, but then instead turn to their own children as companions or confidants. Making a child a substitute spouse is not fair to your marriage or to that child. And I'm not talking here about anything inappropriately intimate or sexual in nature. My friend Mary began to share her heartache with their son Mark when their marriage was suffering. John's job took him far away from their home and their children frequently and for long periods of time. Tensions and misunderstandings grew as Mary struggled to raise their children and manage a household. And so her oldest son, Mark, became her confidant and companion. She began to share with him her frustrations and loneliness, and in turn he began to advise her how to deal with Dad. As a result, Dad felt left out and manipulated Their marriage suffered greatly, and in addition, the father-son relationship was left forever strained and damaged. God did not design our children to bear the responsibilities or emotions of marriages, especially when our confiding in them makes them distant from the other spouse or turns them against that spouse. Making a child the primary person we depend on or dump our cares on because it makes us feel better is an unintentional form of abuse, inevitably damaging the child's understanding of what a marriage should be. So no mystery here. Best gift that you can give your child, a loving relationship with the Lord. Second best gift you can give your child for eternity is a loving relationship with your spouse that, that will take hard work and forgiveness and maybe some things against your personality. So, you know, lots of hugs, lots of kisses, lots of smiles, even when the kids say yuck. <laughs> and that may be against personality and that may be against background. It was for me. I needed Kathy to teach me. But our kids need to see and understand the affection of a husband and wife so that they will be built for a lifetime. So, Kathy, i got to skip to the end just because of where we are. So, a couple of things. We, we knew this would be more than we could cover, but in this time we have just felt the weight of trying to help families from the Scriptures. And so we'll come back to this next week, and we'll let people text in questions or email in the intervening week, even in next week's service. But we recognize that our children need the modeling, the security of parents who love each other and parents who love the Lord because that is God's ultimate plan. In our early marriage, we had very dear friends who loved one another, but the wife developed an addictive problem that made her lie and steal from the family. She put them on the edge of bankruptcy. And... All kinds of people just poured advice to the husband. You don't need to take this. You don't need to stay in there. Get rid of her. Find someone better. And at some point, he said to me, his pastor, if my own children do not have a father who can forgive their mother, how can they possibly learn of a heavenly father 
who will forgive them. He forgave his wife. It was hard, not just for days or weeks, but for years. It was hard. I would tell you that has become a family that has become the face of Christ to the world in dynamic and powerful ways, beautiful ways, because they were secure in the Lord that reflected in their love for one another. They loved one another because they loved the Lord first. And when that love gave their children security, it gave the world the face of Christ. That's Pastor Brian Chapel, and you've been listening to Unlimited Grace. If you've missed anything that you'd like to hear once again, just visit unlimitedgrace.com. Please be sure to join us next time as once again we endeavor to put Christ at the center of our efforts so that lives might be transformed by His unlimited grace. This ministry is brought to you by Unlimited Grace Media and continues to be made possible with your generous financial support.